Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Kindness Warrior podcast. I'm your host, Carly Riggs. And oh, there's a lot going on in the world right now, friends. This episode is a conversation that I had with our executive director, Julie Torzeski. And you will hear in this episode that it was last week before everything in the world shut down. We talk about the coronavirus and how we hoped that nothing was going to be closed. And um, we even giggled about it and didn't really think that anything was going to come of it. But here we are, um, not even a week later. And yeah, well, I guess, has it been a week later? I can't... I can't even keep track of time anymore, but (laughs) it was right when it all started happening um, that we talked, and now I'm coming to you from my house. Um, We're all social distancing. I just got off of a Zoom call with 70 of my Boogie Down Crew dancers. We've been dancing through Zoom. Our day programs have stopped. All, All of our programs have stopped, but day programs have stopped. Most of our employees have been furloughed. It's a scary time. And one thing that we can provide is this podcast to you. So we're going to try to edit as fast as we can and get these out to you so that you have some great content and can still learn about Down syndrome and about our members and and just get some goodness um, into your lives. So before we begin, it's World Down Syndrome Day. And I wanted to just share some of my thoughts on World Down Syndrome Day. Um, So I know there's been a lot of content. A lot of it is about COVID-19, how much it is ravaging our lives. And so many folks are struggling. But today, in my feed, the clouds parted and the sun started to shine again. Because it's World Down Syndrome Day. Stories, photos, smiles, accomplishments, dreams... It has been such a nice break from all of the bleak content, a breath of fresh air. And that's when I realized that's what people with Down syndrome are. They're a breath of fresh air, sunshine on a cloudy day, truly. They're the energy in the room. They are my energy. They are my why. Tomorrow, the feed will probably go back to memes of COVID-19 and stats and graphs and pleas for help. But I'm hoping that today we can keep celebrating. Down Syndrome of Louisville has a new campaign called In It Together, and I will post it in the show notes. And we would be so honored and happy if you would share it or donate to it. Not because we're all sad and desperate, because we probably will be that again tomorrow, but because you know or have known someone with Down Syndrome who has been sunshine in your life who has been a breath of fresh air for you. We will survive this, my friends. I know that we will. Everything's going to be okay. And in my life, I know we will survive this because our members will be there for us to give us energy and light. So with that, I hope that you enjoy my conversation with Julie Torzeski. We talk about all of the programs that are happening at Down Syndrome of Louisville, the programs, the services, the partnerships, the events, and even though a lot of these services and programs and events aren't happening right now, they will be back, and we all will be back and we'll be stronger than ever. 
So please enjoy Julie Torzeski. You're listening to the Kindness Warrior Podcast, a Down Syndrome of Louisville production, serving locally, sharing globally. Okay. Um, let's talk about our programs, resources, events, partnerships, and services. Yes, we affectionately <laughs> call preps. Preps. <laughs> um, we're, we'll, we won't, you know, we won't have to talk about every single one of them. But let's sure. let's start let's start with events. So, if someone that's listening that does like maybe they don't know anything about Down Center of Louisville, maybe they live in the community, maybe they don't, maybe they want to visit or something like that. Let's sure. talk about the events that we have going on every year. Sure. So we have two types of events. The biggest ones that we usually refer to are our fundraising events. So mm-hmm. we have some really fun fundraising events. One that's coming up quickly is our. Uh, down with Derby Fashion Show. So that is something that we have our um, typical models and models with Down syndrome uh, usually kick off the derby season, mm-hmm. show off some really fun outfits. And um, we have vendors, and um, it's just a lot of fun. So that's quickly become one of our larger fundraisers and people get excited about. And then on the heels of that, we have our Gallup Gala, which is, again, another derby-esque event. Um, we are so lucky that Churchill Downs lets us hold both of these events at the track. Um, you may have heard of Churchill Downs before. <laughs> um, little thing called the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> but it's a, those are really fun events. At the gala, we actually honor our members um, who as celebrities. So mm-hmm. we roll out the red carpet. They come dressed up. They get to stay and eat and party with us. And if anybody knows how to party, it's our guests. So yeah, absolutely. We have a good time. And, they, you know, no event is ever complete without a dance party around here. That's so. right. That's right. It is very fun. But we have a great auction um, and event that night and just really – engage our community in what we're doing and tell them all that we're doing because like you said we are a close-knit family but I feel like people need to know that we are a resource here and that we're the largest association in the country and that you know people are just really blessed to have us in the community for those with Down syndrome. Yeah yeah absolutely. So let's talk about so we have the Down with Derby fashion show we have the Gallup Gala and then we turn the corner for golf. (laughs) So we have a golf outing we've had for the longest that's been our most historical event and it is definitely, again, a reception the night before. Our Boogie Down crew performs usually at the, at the golf reception. And then um, a day of celebrity golfers, so local um, you know, celebrities, athletes, usually will come play with our members. And that raises a lot of money to support us as well. So, so finally, we have our big, what I call our family event. I feel like it's our DSL family event. It's our Steps to Independence walk. And that is in September every year. So it's a walk and a 5K, but really where we try to engage the community. We have over 3,000 people come out to the waterfront and just uh, learn about who we are, enjoy being with our members and supporting their the member that they know, and uh, usually dress up and theme and carry signs and walk. Yeah. And um, again, it's just a great fundraiser to help support all of our preps that we have <laughs> right <laughs> so these programs. so these events are are the what we call the fundraising events and these are you know to sustain all of the work that we're doing right. and these are things that that anyone from the community could come in and either buy a ticket for or participate in and all that but that is t- is supporting some of the programs that we're going to talk about next Okay, let's start from, there's so much, there's so much, you guys, there's so much going on at DSL. <laughs> it's so much. <laughs> there's so much going on. So let's separate it by age. Okay. What, okay, let's start prenatal. What does a family do if they get a prenatal diagnosis? 
prenatal diagnoses are obviously more and more common now as technology um, increases, and we try to reach out to all the OBGYNs, anyone who would be giving that diagnosis, and making sure that they connect the family with us. Mm -hmm. And so we um, immediately at that point will contact them, someone on our staff, and usually try to gauge how they're feeling. You know, we we often say, um, we'll meet you where you are. We never, you know, people may not want to be all in. They may be a tiptoer. You know, we just want to know what you need, what information you'd like, so that not everybody goes and starts Googling, we hope, because it's not always the most positive information. Mm-hmm. So it really, we talk about a tale of two syndromes is an article that we've shared a lot. But there is the old Down syndrome story that I feel like sometimes our older medical community or those who haven't known anybody with Down syndrome recently think about when they think of Down syndrome. And it's unfortunately not what we see every day in our individuals. And so we want to make sure that parents with that diagnosis at that time are aware of the potential and the opportunities and the blessing that having an individual with Down syndrome can be. So that's really where we start. You know, uh, we actually had parents before who have been deciding what to do at that diagnosis point. They mm-hmm. call, we um, will bring in other moms, other dads, siblings, whatever they need to hear from, and just kind of have a powwow. And that honestly is the most helpful for people at that stage, I think. Absolutely. Tell me about our your your baby. You, you know what I'm going to ask. You're smiling. <laughs> so tell us about your first baby. First baby. Yeah, yeah. Is it? Yes. So um, the... Brian Patrick is one of the babies we have here, one of our members, and he um, actually, I met his mom right before the day that I found out I got the job, I saw her, and I just met her not long before that, mm-hmm. and so anyway, he is kind of who I identify as my baby, <laughs> um, because as he grows, I'll know how long yeah, I've been here, but um, he's just got the best smile, and I think he's a perfect example of of the joy that they bring to our lives. Yeah, and then didn't you, you have that family in... To meet a yes, yeah. yeah, they came in um, to meet the family that was needing, was deciding, you know, what they were going to do, and um, they are now close. The families are close. Um, that baby is here, and she's beautiful, and um, they're in love, and so it's a it's just a great uh, success story. They yeah, both absolutely. make me smile. Both those yeah, babies. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's almost like you can almost I don't want to say ownership, but like, it's like <laughs> yeah, it's like that symbolizes something. Your first year here that this yes. happened, this amazing thing happened. Yeah. Okay, so now that the baby's here, yes, then what? So uh, next, if we are not already in touch with them prenatally, mm-hmm. um, then we the social workers at the local hospitals all know to give them a form to let them know that we exist and uh, permission to contact them. Mm-hmm. And so once we get that form, we usually, uh, you know, send a text to everybody that is a potential visitor and say, new baby. (laughs) (laughs) And then we all want to go invite them to the family. And so, yeah, again, we will go visit usually in the hospital or at home, whatever they're most comfortable with. Mm -hmm. There are baskets that we place at all the hospitals, um, welcome baskets, so that they can get those immediately from the staff that have some information not we don't want to overload people with information at that point but just you know some welcome gifts and some blankets and toys that we know that our our guys like and so then uh, usually we'll reach out to the family by phone once they agree and um again kind of gauge their situation learn a little bit about the family where they're what part of town they live in if they have other siblings that kind of thing and then try to take a, a mom or a parent with me who matches up with their situation sure yeah, so we'll go visit them and. How many babies have did we have in two thousand nineteen? Thirty three. Wow. 
33 babies in our uh, regional area. So we uh, claim a 18-county area, three in southern Indiana and uh, 15 in Kentucky. Uh, so that includes that area and, and a couple outliers that don't have their own associations. But, okay. yeah, it's a, it's a good number. It's a little higher than it's been in the last few years. So we always love that number going up. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. How many do we have so far in 2020? Do you have enough? I don't have any right now. Oh, none? No, we have one. I'm one. sorry. Okay. He was born last week. Hudson. Oh, oh good. <laughs> We've yeah. known about him for so long. His mom's been on bed rest for eight weeks. I almost yeah. forgot. Yeah. He's here. He's here. <laughs> Hudson is here. So mm-hmm. Hudson is um, our first, and then we have um, one more that I know of that's um, on the way. On the way. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. Okay, so the baby's born. They call DSL, and then they've decided – they're going to start coming and hanging out with us. What are they going to do next? Yeah, the first thing that we want to get them engaged with is, um, so the state offers First Steps, which is a Medicaid program. We are a provider of First Steps. So we have three developmental interventionists who, mm-hmm. who specialize. Who will be on the podcast in a few episodes, yes. Coming up soon. <laughs> uh, but they specialize in um, Down syndrome development. And so they uh, we make sure that they are aware of that, so that when they reach out to First Steps, which has to be when the baby is um, – dismissed from the hospital or sent home from the Mm -hmm, hospital, discharged mm -hmm. from the hospital. And so as long as they know to to contact First Steps and ask for one of our DIs, then we feel like that they're they're in the family. Mm -hmm. The DIs will visit them as often as needed for the first three years from zero to three. And they go wherever baby goes. So they go to grandma's, they go to daycare, we're at the home, wherever they're needed. And that really, again, is just their first tie. But we also have infant classes and toddler classes here on campus that they can come to as well and those are really important because we talk about not even so much for the child but for the parents absolutely for the guardians it's their tribe meeting their their people mm-hmm. and so we really encourage them to come um, on Thursdays and Saturdays throughout the month we have those classes here as well and the, and the de- developmental interventionists um, direct those classes do kind of a pre-preschool type thing mm-hmm. so that we're preparing them from a young age on how to behave in preschool mm-hmm. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Okay, so we're getting older. They're getting a little bit older. They're early early ed, school age. Yeah, so school age next is usually the the three to five um, range is interesting because it's when the first step stops, but they are not quite in school yet. And Mm so um, we've actually been looking to beef up that that age area. We're looking at partnering with Special Olympics for a young athletes project or program that they can do. But we definitely have, um, again, those classes they can keep coming to until they're five before they go to school. But we definitely are in contact with them for transitions as well. So as they transition from first steps to preschool and then maybe preschool to kindergarten, that's really where things get interesting because everybody has their own choice of schooling. and We just want to make sure they're supported and then we can help educate wherever they choose, um, support them in IEP meetings, mm-hmm. that kind that's, of thing. That's a service that I feel like a lot of families don't realize that we have. Absolutely. IEP support. Yeah, we have a lot of certified teachers who work here on staff who are available to go to IEP meetings with them, you know, advise them on situations that are happening at school. We love to go educate schools. Mm-hmm. I always say I feel like sometimes our families will choose a church and or school based on if they've had someone with Down syndrome or if they know about it. I was like, it's okay if they don't. We can educate them. <laughs> yeah, like, let's tell know. them about it. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know, give them an experience. I think the more we can um, introduce our members to, you know, the community and more inclusion, the better. So um, we offer that as well. We will go help educate um, the community. So, yeah, so we support them with school age. We also have Saturday school. So when they're in school, um, they can come here once a month on Saturdays and work on some skills with our teachers here. Then we have our summer camp. 
So C is our summer education enrichment camp, Mm -hmm. and it's seven weeks. So we hire some additional staff, some teachers to come work with our members. They have field trips every Friday. That's the most important part, (laughs) right? But they get to work on their skills and make sure there's not the summer slide doesn't happen because it happens to typical kids, but with our kids it could be even more detrimental. Yeah. So um, they, our parents really love um, C. It's been really fun. It changes the temperature of the building around here, (laughs) as you all know, (laughs) having the little ones in here with us. And we also have some of our adult members uh, work with them. So they will be teacher assistants for the, those classrooms, which I think is really cool. Our parents love to have the adults work with their young ones. Yes. But the yeah. Other, the other program that I love um, that we have is, which I'll let you talk about the Adult Development Academy. That's our, oh, sure. one of our biggest programs. Yeah. But some of our members that are in the Adult Development Academy have reading, what's it called? Reading club or reading, but reading, book buddies, book buddies. Yes. Where they go and, and they read. read. The oh audience. my gosh, it's the best. It's yes. Like magic. Totally, yes. totally precious. Okay, so C happens in the summer. Right. Saturday school is on Saturdays, obviously. Yes. But that's school age. School age, when we say school age, we're talking kindergarten through middle school? 13. Usually okay. we say age 13, okay. just because it might be different for our, our folks, depending on where they, what grade they're in. And then same for summer education enrichment, C? Yes. So okay. that that is, uh, yeah, K through 13. Yeah. So then when they turn 11, they start yes. to come to my stuff. That's right. So what can they do at 11, Carly? Well, when they turn 11, they can join the Boogie Down crew, the tell- most entertaining dance team in Louisville area. Thank you. I was going to say, <laughs> tell everyone what the Boogie Down crew is, but there you go. Um, they can start coming to social events, which I plan. Social events are like member events. So so we do tweener events, which is 11 to 15-year-olds. Um, we might plan a dance. We might go to a baseball game. Just anything that I think that they might like to do. What about the lock-ins? Oh, the lock, the lock-in, the infamous <laughs> lock-ins. Um, yeah, once they turn 11, they can start coming to lock-in. So I do um, an all-girls lock-in and, and a dudes-only lock-in. We lock them here in the building, just like just like 4-H camp or Girl Scouts. <laughs> Who else does lock-in? Churches sometimes do lock-ins, and we I do one of a female lock-in and, a, and an all-male lock-in. Um, usually in the winter time so we actually just recently did both lock-in they are a fan favorite they are uh before they leave in the morning they ask me when the next one is <laughs> <laughs> but they're only once a yeah. year it's all I'm we like, can next handle. year next year <laughs> and then once they're 11 they can also join the talent show which is a huge and it's another what we call a family event and you know i produce and direct this giant talent show that it's we my do. favorite night of the year this year Yay, it's like oh. you can't peel the smile off your face kind of event yes it's so pretty, fun pretty fabulous the talent is abounding is that yes. a word yeah abounding absolutely <laughs> so yeah i get to do all the fun stuff i think i've already said that on this podcast before but i'll say it again i get to do all the fun but stuff you're so good at it. <laughs> it's it's yeah so yeah so you covered 11 is when they pick up on social events but then also um, at 13 is when they can start going to teen camp. So oh, yeah. we have mm-hmm. a teen camp that we partner with another organization here to provide. So again, it's another seven, eight week camp in the mm-hmm. summer um, where they can do some fun activities and hang out with their friends. And then after that, we also talk about another transition coming up. I mean, the middle school transitions in there, which is a big one. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows middle school can be a challenge. So we definitely, um, again, are available for any kind of education or meeting with schools and teachers. And that's something, again, that we are looking to beef up our relationship with all the schools in the area. I'm really passionate that it's not 
up to us to make a decision for anyone, but to provide all the information mm-hmm. for everybody to make the best decision for the member. Right. So um, really passionate about the schooling. Obviously, it's really important to our guys. Next would be the high school transition. So ending of high school and what comes next, right? Yeah, and a lot of families seem really nervous about that. Like I hear this a lot that everything stops. Yes. Nothing everything stops when <laughs> yes. they graduate high school. And I feel like here at DSL, it's actually I don't want to say it's the opposite, but I feel like so many doors open. They do. We, well, we again, as we've grown over the years, I feel like the um, really strong supporters and families that got us started years ago members have grown mm-hmm. to into 30 year olds 40 year olds at this point and so they were really passionate about keeping the programming going with their members and so we have been I think really proactive about building up our programming for our adults and I think that historically was the messaging again I think it has changed some but um that it was they called it the cliff I think is that like when you got to 18 mm-hmm. you fell off that cliff mm-hmm. because statewide services sure that are provided through schools yeah that makes sense go away yeah so family families like they're just kind of left mm-hmm. you know and that is that that truly is um how some of well no that's how all of our adult programming started is yes. because families were like we're we need something right and that's where our um, original uh, tutoring program which i think was the original programming we had mm-hmm. uh, free tutoring we offered mainly to keep their brains working mm-hmm. and you know so a functionality um, after school was out or after they were out of school. Mm-hmm. And so that's really where we have, I think, 60-plus um, right now partnerships of uh, tutors, volunteer tutors who come in on a weekly basis and meet with our members and work on skills and uh, just, again, keep their minds working. And mm-hmm. it also turns into a little bit of a mentor relationship too, oh gosh, right? Yeah. It's a yeah. it's a personal relationship that's not their family or their mm-hmm. guardian or mm-hmm. their, you know, neighbors. It's somebody who is choosing to spend an hour with them a yes, week, which absolutely. means so much to – I've been, um, I have a tutoring student that, and we've been together almost eight years. Um, a long time. And we're best friends. Like, he's my, he's my, one of my best friends. He was in my wedding. Aw, that's awesome. Wrote a poem. And, yeah, in my (laughs) wedding. He's the most hilarious person on the planet. Um, (laughs) I should have him in as a co-host for sure. Yes. That will be. Well, we talk a lot about engagement. That's actually your title. Engagement, engagement director. director. Yep. <laughs> it's not about marriage. <laughs> it's about but getting engaged with DSL, and there's just so many ways you can do that. And you just mentioned another one that I was thinking that not just donating or fundraising or giving money, but your time mm-hmm. and your talent. And mm-hmm. um, I think that tutoring is a it's a big commitment. It's a weekly, you know, hour long meeting. But I think you end up getting so much more yes. out of it. Anyone who who really is like. You know, let's say that they see someone on social media and they're super inspired and they really want to get to know someone with Down syndrome. I'm like, you need to be a tutor. Yes. That's the first thing. Yes. That if, if I can see it in their eye, that sparkle in their eye that they really want to make a friend yeah. or really get to know someone, then I tell them to become a tutor because that's really how you're you're going to – I mean, there are other things, obviously, where you're going right. to – you know, if you're working with a group or you come to a social event or something like that, that's super fun too. But if you want to really connect with someone, yeah. the tutoring program is, is where Absolutely. that volunteer would go. And I don't think we mentioned when we were talking about the school age, but we also tar- started school age tutoring here recently too. Yes, yeah. So that is a new thing for us, but we just um, were hearing from our families that there was a need that we, you know, I think we try to stay cautiously away from the school age where we let the school special ed folks do their thing, you know, mm-hmm. but um, we just were still hearing from families that they needed more, they needed more support. And so um, we just piloted a tutoring program for six of our members. It went really well. And so we're going to start that up again here soon. So 
school age tutoring. School age tutoring. And then adult tutoring. So back at the after high school, mm-hmm. there's so many opportunities in our community here in Louisville. We're actually really blessed to have a lot of um, job training and um, school options for them after high school and we've made some partnerships um, or forged some partnerships Mm -hmm. here at DSL with uh, three universities now who have programs so we have JCTC so a Jefferson Technical Community College Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. did I say that right Jefferson County right Jefferson Community (laughs) Technical College you said that with Corey (laughs) on the first episode I was like that's the hardest thing to say anyway that they have been doing it for a long time we've had over 30 graduates from that program Mm -hmm. so they get um, a certificate from college and they wear the gown and they graduate which is just amazing experience for our members and then we've now spread that into Bellarmine University and Ivy Tech and so in southern Indiana so yeah that's just really exciting for us our members to not just have a job or a career waiting for them but like a typical peer they can go to college too and so um that's been really exciting and then the other big thing that we do here that's our daily lives here at DSL is our adult development academy and again that came from a college-like atmosphere we wanted to create a college-like atmosphere for our members where they continue to learn and grow on into their 60s and 70s mm-hmm. and more, we mm-hmm. hope, mm-hmm. these days. So um, a lot of our members come here. We have about 40 on average a day, over 100 a week. We encourage them not to come every day because we want them out in the community working or doing other things and you know, getting involved in the community. So, But when they are here, it's amazing. And it's, like I said earlier, one of the best parts of our jobs is that we can walk down the hallway and really – engage with our members and hang out with them and it changes your perspective on a day when you've had stressful absolutely. things like coronaviruses <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, no it's that it, they really are this amazing there's never a time that you can't walk down to ADA and it brighten your day but um a typical day at ADA is uh, they come in in the morning um, and they do morning movement at 9 a.m so about an hour of movement which we all know is so important for all of us, mm-hmm. not just members of Down Syndrome, <laughs> right. but uh-huh. all of us. I should be down there doing it with them every morning. I always say that. We have a smart board down there, so Richard Simmons is often the choice <laughs> of um, the, for our members, which is so fun and entertaining. And then they also have other ways they can walk around. They can use some of our workout equipment. But again, just always commitment to that healthy lifestyle movement. And then they go into their classrooms for a few hours. So we try to keep the ratio below 10 to 1 or 10 to 1 or less in the classrooms to make sure that they're getting um, the most benefit out of the curriculum that we have, but they can learn, again, like you heard Katie say, math, easy math, right? (laughs) (laughs) She tells her teacher she only wants easy math, but we try to challenge them with math, menu math, but math that they use every day in their life, you Mm -hmm. know, things probably not your algebra that you're not going to use tomorrow, but things mm-hmm. that they can use every day in their life. And then, again, writing and life skills even, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I always used to I used to love walking into one of our teachers' classrooms with the <laughs> post-it note that says, this is okay to do with your boyfriend and girlfriend in public. <laughs> this is not okay to do with your boyfriend and girlfriend in public. But, yeah, you know, it's good reminders things. for everybody. Yeah, so, um, you know, they learn lots of great things. They get really close to their class and their peers. And so – they do that, and then they have lunch. There's two rounds of lunch where they bring their lunch, and we have an amazing kitchen here at our facility, which was provided by donors. Texas Roadhouse helped us um, do the kitchen. But there are many microwaves. We know that that's <laughs> an easy way for them to be able to feed themselves and mm-hmm. live independently. Mm-hmm. So everybody knows how to microwave their meals. Um, but they also we also have a dishwasher and use real dishes and you know use those life skills that you'd have to use at home 
or on your own. And that's the goal is always to have people be able to live as independently as possible. Mm -hmm. And so we're teaching them those life skills while they're here. And then in the afternoon, they have um, electives or they'll go on outings. There's so many outings. (laughs) I can't even keep track of the outings (laughs) that ADA does. But they went to a baseball game today. Super fun. Um, And then they, but they do Meals on Wheels for volunteers. You know, they're being a volunteer themselves, Mm -hmm. obviously, which is great. And, um, but they'll go out to eat and just do social skills, that kind of thing. And then, um, anyway, so they have a student council meeting once a month, but that's where they get to pick their electives that they're going to do for the next few months. And so the electives are so fun. I just always like to go look and see what their electives mm-hmm. are. There's everything from handyman, where they learn to use tools. Mm-hmm. You know, again, like learning to hang something at your house so mm-hmm. dad doesn't have to come over and do it for you. Right. <laughs> I still have to have that. <laughs> but things like that. They do gardening, um, storytelling. I think the last time it was like country music, storytelling, and then relationships or something. Mm-hmm. We kind of laughed like mm-hmm. Those are all the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could just mix all those together. <laughs> Country music, relationship, yeah. But yeah, obviously they love music. Music's a big one too. But yeah, it's just, um, it's a really special place for them to be. I think it's as much as we want them out and included and, you know, advocate for inclusion in our community, it's also, it's also home for them. Yeah. You know, somewhere it's, where it's, they can feel, that where they can feel super welcomed and, and, and comfortable. And very comfortable, yeah. So you mentioned that that we don't we don't typically have them coming five days a week because they're out in the community working. So let's yes. talk about our career solutions department. Perfect segue. <laughs> so uh, yes, we have over seventy members um, out working in the community, and so they again help our career solutions specialists. We have four of them who help them find jobs who. Um, help them learn job skills. So we before they even get a job, now we have something called pre-ETS, which people always laugh at, what is that? <laughs> um, but it's pre-employment training services, basically, and that um, we can start them at age 14. Uh, and just, just um, as I would say, floating that balloon, or <laughs> <laughs> uh, giving them the idea that they can have a career, that they can have a job. Because I think mm-hmm. sometimes even mom and dad forget to think that's an option. Mm-hmm. You know, and individualized jobs too. Like you sit down in a meeting and you talk to all the people that love you the most and they tell you all the great things about yourself. And then we talk about what, what job we think would be yeah. perfect for you. It's not just like putting you in a workshop. Right. It's, it's a self-discovery thing. Definitely mm-hmm. finding out the right, you know, the right fit for both the employer and the employee. Mm-hmm. And they did some things in Priyat's this past week where they made like, your presentation boards all about themselves. So mm-hmm. teaching them to advocate for themselves to say who they are, what they like, what they're good at, mm-hmm. and really just be able to showcase themselves. And I know they're having a um, reverse job fair, I think, coming up locally. But it's a great place for them to like sh- show themselves off to employers, which yeah, I think is really cool. That's really neat. So pre-employment training, they do everything from self-advocacy to fake um say fake that's not the right word but (laughs) mock interviews (laughs) um so you know how an interview would go if you went to interview an employer about what the job would be like or if they were interviewing you to be an employee you know what those questions look like so that's really a great program I think it's definitely a perfect precursor to actual employment Mm -hmm. and I think it's probably improved our long-term employee you know employments um but we have I mean there's some guys that have longer careers than I do which Brian just celebrated 25 years at Kroger. Oh, yeah, Matt Maloney? Yeah. Um, is yeah. It, okay, Matt. Sorry, yeah, Matt Maloney, Kroger. yeah. That is crazy. Yeah, 25 I mean, years. Awesome. Yeah, but they're some of the like, most committed incredible. hard workers, like Katie said, that you can find even they, when you find the right job and they, you know, love it. Mm-hmm. They're some of your great employees. So Absolutely. Love that program. Do we have um, 
Do we have a list anywhere? This just popped into my head. Do we have a list somewhere of all of our employers that like we could be like, go here because they employ you? Yes, we do. We do. It's actually, I think, in the works for the new website. Oh. Thanks for the idea, Carly. <laughs> no, yes, we do. We do. And we definitely want to give them shout outs and let people know that they can support them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, I hear this constantly. Oh, I saw someone with Down syndrome working at so-and-so or I saw them here. And um, it's such such a cool it's just very cool for people to to recognize that and then you know see me with a shirt on that says Down Center of Louisville and then like make that connection right yeah um, absolutely and we have an employee here at Down Center of Louisville as well yeah, who's Kristen. worked for us for and she's been here for plus, 14 plus years I think yeah we're we're getting up there I want to yeah. I feel like maybe someone even said 17 wow. I'll have to have, we'll yeah. have to have her on the show and interview her she obviously her. runs the place <laughs> not me <laughs> I learned it all from Kristen yes yes um Okay, so Career Solutions, we talked about ADA, which is the Adult Development sure. Academy. What about Southern Indiana, Carly? Yay, yes. Southern Indiana is um, is a small but mighty group, um, and we are inside, currently we are inside Trinity United Methodist Church, Okay, and we offer, um, we offer services mostly for that 11 and up, um, because as you said, uh, here in Kentucky, we are a Medicaid provider, and in Indiana, we are not quite yet a provider, which is like most other organ- associations in the country. Correct, right. Um, so we're working on that. We're working on right. it. Um, but right now, we, we do um, um, book club, which Fun. is another um, program that we have here in Kentucky as well. We do book club. That is age 16 and older. Um, we have a living and learning class, which is a life skills class. We have the Boogie Down Crew, of course. Of course. Um, and we have this great um, group speech therapy program in Indiana um, where our members can um, have speech therapy with some of their peers. And um, and it's again, it's, it's that – having that friend we've got some some um some people that have been in the same group for years and years and they're best friends right like very very cool to relationships yeah to see those um and then to see the progress of them too and And, and we've we've bridged the ohio ocean a little bit here (laughs) recently right because uh we're we're right there on a state border with a river so if you guys are a tri-state area as you understand (laughs) um but sometimes people don't want to come across the river for purposes and it's not super convenient we get that Mm -hmm. but we were lucky enough to get a couple vans donated from Mm -hmm. tar last year yes, which we um, love and Carly's yeah. able to bring some people over for events yeah so we we are able to bring to provide transportation from Indiana and also I've been scheduling events in Indiana and providing transportation from Kentucky to Indiana as well See? which is yeah. bridging um, the gap yes exactly um, access is super important to us and so then you, awesome. you mentioned therapy in southern Indiana that made me think of our therapy uh, yes. relationship here mm-hmm. so we have a contracted behavioral therapist on staff or um on a contract who mm-hmm. works with all the members who have behavior plans and she is um just awesome does a great job and is ex- available to all our members and then we also have a um partnership with associates in pediatric therapy and so they are a large provider of therapies for ot pt and speech so occupational physical therapy and speech therapy mm-hmm. uh, in louisville in the surrounding area really and um they are great. They come to our facility and provide services. So they have, um, I think it's almost 100 a month sessions here at DSL. So wow. it's really nice for our families to be able to come a place where they know um, we have everything they need here to provide the service. Mm-hmm. They can take them out of ADA if they're here and just have their speech here. So it's one less place mom and dad right. have one, to go. One or, less transition. <laughs> yeah. Transitions can be so tricky. Absolutely. Yeah. And transportation. So yeah, we love that partnership as well. Cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about our aging population. Yes. Um, Because we have some 
you know, obviously it's it's something that was not on anyone's radar, but yeah. our members are yeah. living longer and longer, which is incredible. I get so excited about it. I feel like it's like uncharted territory. Yeah. You know, you <laughs> yeah. think about like the 60s and like, you know, civil rights stuff and we're like, oh, we're also like, we'll never get to live anything like that because we're way past all those things, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But we're not. Like this is an unprecedented group of adults with Down syndrome who haven't been part of our community before. Mm-hmm. They weren't. But if you don't know that, I think in 1960, the average age was like of life was nine, nine to 13. And then before that, in the 50s, it was the norm to institutionalize. Mm -hmm. And doctors would suggest that you institutionalize Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. go on with your life Mm -hmm. and your family. And it's it's so heartbreaking. But I think then for that reason, that wasn't that long ago. Right. You know, I mean, my parents were born in the 50s. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. So these people weren't part of the community. They weren't out there. And they're living longer and healthier lives on top of that with technology and, you know, having heart surgeries that they may not have been provided before due to their diagnosis. And so, yeah, it's just, it, I feel like it's ex, it's exciting. It's challenging. And it can be really tough and emotional at times too, but it's also, I feel like, really exciting and just gives us all new things to discover and ways to support them. Um, and we're learning every day with them. And again, that's kind of the excitement of it is just that how can we take the next step and stay one step ahead of where they are so we can provide them the best place to be. Right. You know, it's it's also an issue of where they go next, mm-hmm. right, if we can't have them here any longer. And that's where I know they just um, suggested in the in Frankfurt and um, politics, I won't go there, but <laughs> um, to have direct supports for folks who may need a little bit more support than just the 10 to 1 teacher ratio we have here. And so that would be really important to us if there was state funding for that because if oh. we could have a little bit more support, we could keep them here a little longer. Yeah. Um, we just know if they go to a nursing facility, they would probably go downhill from there. And that's um, that's just the last thing we want to see. Of so. course. So what steps have we taken here at DSL yes. for our aging population? Well, I, I mentioned our 19,000 square foot building here. <laughs> um, we are so blessed to have, and it's really what catapulted us into providing services and having all the things that we do. But we are constantly morphing <laughs> the building <laughs> as we grow and change into what we need it to be. And what we had, what we had um, here recently was a what we call the teen lounge and I think it honestly was the original ADA like gathering area because mm-hmm. there was only 12 people in our adult film <laughs> academy yeah. but it looks kind of like a college you know hangout which is really cool but we need it for our older guys now so we are going to look into really creating a space here in our building that brings them comfort and meets their needs and so we are um, looking to fundraise for that now. We've reached out to Thrive, which is the local um, center here in Louisville. It's kind of like a showroom of all the things that are helping folks with dementia and aging. And so what can we bring here that will help? Um, we also had a staff member who got trained on a PAC, which is called Positive Approach to Care, a program made by Tipa Snow. But it's definitely, um, again, just teaching teaching people compassion and tools to work with those with dementia. It also has a really great way of um, ranking their symptoms. And mm. so kind of knowing where they are in the stages of dementia, mm-hmm. which is really important for us, too, as we, again, work with each member individually. But um, anyway, we're really excited about that space. We're learning things as we go. I always tell the story of, of Larry. So mm-hmm. Larry is one of our members. He turned 60 this summer. Um, we celebrated with him and had cake, and it was so fun. But he, um, with dementia, we learned that your eyesight will start to go first. And so it's kind of like binoculars, mm-hmm. like your vision will kind of close in and make be smaller and smaller. And there were times that Larry did not want to go down the hallway 
and he was stopping at certain spots in the hallway and um, we finally put together that we think he thought there was an obstacle when there was either a carpet or a change in color of the floor mm-hmm. that that he didn't like that and it made him nervous and it again that's just so interesting to me because I'm like 10 years ago when we built the building we thought that different colored floor was pretty you know <laughs> right, like nobody right. thought that would be an issue yeah, but yeah. we're again learning as we go mm-hmm. so we need to change that we mm-hmm. need to figure out better ways to um get we with Larry, we actually took him outside. He likes to be outside. So I think they walked him around outside if he had, you know, an issue one day. So, um, again, it's just kind of we're learning as we go with each member that, that starts to show symptoms and um, how and, we can best provide for them. And um, partnership with UK? Yes. They are doing an aging study. Um, so any of our guys that get diagnosed with dementia, we immediately suggest that they contact them. Um, again, the more studying we can do – early on the better it is for those who age mm-hmm. you know um or those who are young now and getting older mm-hmm. so and honestly for a typical population yeah. it's really a great you know resource for them to be able to find out how it's affecting our members at a younger age right so that they can help typical folks when they're older too so there's so much there I mean we're just starting to peel the onion of things that we can do to really you know support them but that room I was talking about some of the things we thought we're going to do is like a, a peaceful outdoor mural, mm-hmm. um, a smart board already in there for them to be able to watch, you know, turn on music or watch things that bring them comfort. Music, as we've already mentioned, is a love of all of our members, mm-hmm. but it's also really important in aging. Mm-hmm. So they say that when you're on your deathbed, um, you could maybe not be talking, eating, interacting, but if the right song comes on that brings back something, yep. you, mm-hmm. you'll start tapping your toe or, you know, things like that. So that's, again, I think I think of Larry when I think of that because right. his favorite music is old older time music, right, old right. country music, and mm-hmm. you turn it on, it just changes his demeanor. So yeah. um, anyway, just having access to that. Some rocking chairs, things that bring them comfort. Yeah, and then more hand, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, baby dolls. There's a, we're thinking about doing a vanity area. We have a yes. lot of the older ladies that like to get fixed up. And, yeah, primp. Yeah, so that would be a really fun space. And then um, a lot of the hand-act coordination things. So uh, it's interesting. Don't we all always revert back to childlike things mm-hmm. in the end? But things we have in the um, preschool room that mm-hmm. are, you know, locks and turns and zippers mm-hmm. and stuff like that, it can be repeated in the, you know, aging room that they can really work on that. We're still talking about what we're going to call them. We affectionately call them the golden group right now, but we're going to think about, you know, what we can um, call that group without being just the aging group. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, someone was like, sounds like golden girls. Yeah. We don't want them to sound like golden girls. So we'll just right now until we get a fun name. Yeah, leave us a message or send us an email if you have an idea. Yeah, kindness warrior pod. What to call them. Okay, did we miss anything? I mean, there's there's so much more. I'm we're, sure we missed a thousand we're gonna, things. Yeah, but we're going to we're going to send them to the website and they yeah. can look. You know, we also we offer so much support. One of our episodes coming up, um, Dr. Jenny Kimes is going to be on, and I already said we're going to have her back every single season because she is such a wealth of knowledge. She's going to talk about the DS diet, but she's on staff and she's a psychologist and she offers lots of support for our families. And we have we have mom groups, we have dad squad, we have yeah. sib squad. We have I mean, there's so much going on around here. So but this many. is like I feel like a great kind of overview. Yeah, I feel like we could have a really long podcast if we tried to talk about everything. Yeah, I well, think we, we came already, up with we already do have. A really yeah, long podcast. sorry, but like <laughs> no, 70, no, don't yeah, seventy five. I think plus programs, yes. resources, services, yes. partnerships, all those things. Yeah, we didn't even touch on partnerships. There's mm-hmm. just so many things. Mm-hmm. So again, but we're also. Uh, 
obviously just trying to always meet as many needs as we can for our members and our mission is to support educate and advocate Mm -hmm. and involve the community in doing that and there's that I feel like the possibilities are endless yeah completely yeah (laughs) they really are most important thing that I want people to take away from this interview is that Down Center of Louisville offers lifelong learning. Absolutely. And we're, as far as we know, are we the only one? I think we're the only lifelong learning center in the world. Yeah, so lifelong learning to us means from prenatal diagnosis all the way through the end of life. So we have programming and services throughout that entire time, yes. Um, If anybody knows differently, give me a call. (laughs) But I'm going to keep claiming it as long as possible. And we're also gold accredited. Yes, we are still the only gold accredited and that's Down Syndrome Affiliates in Action. So that's a national group that gets together um, all the nationwide associations. We were just there last weekend Mm -hmm. for their national conference. But they um, provided some criteria as to what makes everybody a, I think it's silver, bronze, gold. Um, But we are the only gold accredited, which is, is pretty cool. Yeah, it's very cool. And then one more question that people ask all the time. Where, how do we pay for all this? Well, it takes over a million dollars a year to make all this happen. And that's fundraised dollars. So um, we have to raise over a million dollars. And I keep telling my staff we have to raise more than a million dollars <laughs> if we want to keep growing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we said that we just touched the surface. So it's just... Um, We'd love to have 100 program services, resources, but we've got to have the funding to do it. And so that's really just the message we try to get out. It That comes to like $3,000 a day. So it's a lot of money. Um, yeah. But I, we know that there are a lot of people who are impacted by our members in our community and in the world. And so we hope that the way that they can give back and support them mm-hmm. would be to help support our programs. Absolutely. And who, what would they do if they want to support a day at DSL? A day at DSL. So you can mm-hmm. uh, contact us on the email um, mm-hmm. for the podcast below, or you can um, just reach out. You stop by if you're in the community. But we are kind of launching this uh, sponsor a day at DSL, and we really, again, want to offer back to the donor the joy that our members bring that you talked about with tutoring, mm-hmm. like the relationships mm-hmm. and getting to spend time with them and how life-changing it can be. And so – by raising $3,000 or donating $3,000, you get to bring yourself and your team or your group, your beta club, your staff at work to DSL for a day. Um, we'll give you a tour, tell you about what we do. You'll get to hang out with the members for about an hour, whether it's play games or dance. Like we said, dance parties are never turned down. <laughs> yes. um, and then have lunch with them. And then um, we'll you know take pictures and blast it on social media and just make sure that everybody gets the most out of the day. So that's what sponsoring a day at DSL is. And that sounds so fun. Yeah, right? I think everybody should do it for their staff <laughs> retreats and you know, service projects. <laughs> yes. But we'd love to like, help you um, do that too. I know $3,000 may sound like a lot to some groups but I think again with the power of social media and, and asking your friends and family absolutely that's easy to raise and then we can all celebrate together absolutely well Julie thank you so much for taking the time out I know that it's been quite a day today with if if you're listening to this and you're on quarantine thank you for listening <laughs> <laughs> we'll get more episodes out so you can keep listening <laughs> we might if if if, if the Stay podcast here. team is on quarantine we might we might be able to get together and make a bunch more episodes so we could stop doing anything tomorrow and have stories and information and resources to share with you guys for three years of podcasts <laughs> so um we just can't wait to keep sharing it all Yeah, thank you so much. You rock. You rock. (laughs) This has been the Kindness Warrior Podcast. 
a Down Syndrome of Louisville production. To learn more about Down Syndrome of Louisville, visit our website, downsyndromeoflouisville.org. If you have questions for us, email kindnesswarriorpod at dsoflou.org. It's also in the show notes. Music was written and produced by Alex Stotts and Owen Eiler. This episode was produced and edited by Ethan Holstein and me, Martin Lindsay. Your host was Carly Riggs. Thanks for listening to the Kindness Warrior podcast here at Down Syndrome of Louisville. We are serving locally and sharing globally.